Welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Giraldi, and today's guest is super great. I actually went to school with her at some point, so I'm really excited to have her on. And yeah, uh, let's get into introducing her. So, like I said, today's guest is a fellow Ave Maria graduate, like myself. Um, she's a mental health advocate. She's currently, uh, she just got accepted to study her master's in marriage and family counseling. So that's exciting. Please pray for that. She's also a multi-platinum selling artist. <laughs> <laughs> Follow her at Chanel K. Please welcome my guest, Chanel Shaw. Are you okay with me using your last name? Oh, yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, cool. Chanel Shaw, y'all. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Oh, you know, so good. It's the end of the day, but it's that wonderful time of the year when it's still daytime at like 8 p.m. So, oh, yeah. That's the yeah. So it's great. I think after this, I'm just going to close these blinds and just call it. I might just <laughs> right. I might just go to sleep. I'm so old now. I think it, this is it. So, But yeah. I'm doing great. Yes. Yeah, that's great. We went to, um, you graduated when, 2016? Was it? 2015. Oh, 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 2017. Um, at, from Ave, and I studied theology. You studied theology. Twins. Hey, that's what's mm-hmm. up. Best and, one. Um, I mean, the la- and then that's, I think it was one of the last times you're from. Originally from, uh, is it from Florida or Louisiana? From Florida. So I'm originally from, Florida, okay. from uh, like Central Florida, so like 40 minutes above Disney World. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I, I guess I was because I know you were close friends with Tyler Neal and them. I know they were. Oh, like, yes. from the Louisiana, the Louisiana crew. The mm-hmm. Louisiana crew. Love them. Love them. Mm-hmm. So um, before we get into it, why don't we play some rapid fire questions and right. get to know you a little bit uh, for those who don't know you. All right. So I'm going to spit these fi- uh, these rapid fire questions. And I'm going to see how if I can stu- uh, make you stutter at some point. Okay. okay. <laughs> Probably won't be hard. Okay. Ariel or Jasmine? Woo, Jasmine. First celebrity crush? Uh, Usher. Uh Favorite junk food? Uh, cookies. Favorite TV show? Childhood TV show? Ooh, childhood TV show. Oh, I'm going way back. First thing popping in my mind was Little Bear. Ooh. Favorite yeah. TV show currently? Ooh, um, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, favorite movie? Um, Whale Rider. Favorite Disney Pixar film? Oh, Disney Pixar. Um, mm-hmm. Monsters Inc. Is that Disney Pixar? Yeah, that's Disney Pixar. That's okay, Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Is double dipping ever okay in parties? No. In parties? Are we, what are we, savages? <laughs> oh, no. That's disgusting. Um, what does one person need to be happy? Ooh, um, love. Corny. Is, is there something, um, uh, is there such thing as objective beauty? Mm, yes. Sourdough or wheat? Sourdough. Are lifeguards attractive? Oh, yeah. What? Yes. Say something in an Asian language. Uh, uh, in an Asian <laughs> language? Can be anything. Uh, Chinese, Japanese, oh, Filipino. Hey, wait. Ni hao. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> she 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 pop it off. Okay. Yeah, I was like, cake what? Or, cake or pie? Uh, cake. Um, how healthy is it to cry? 
Oh, very. No, how often is healthy? Oh, how healthy? How often Um, is healthy to cry? Oh, you know what? Honestly, however often you feel like it's necessary for you to express that sad feeling to get that out. That's a great answer. Uh, What's your favorite carb, bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? Mm, Bread. Uh, If you could ask God one question, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Uh, What's the meaning to life, right? Uh, Do you know how to salsa dance? Oh, my gosh. I know how to do the cha-cha real smooth from the... whatever song that is is which is not you know that um cha-cha slide is it yeah i know i did cha-cha slide but that's not real so only that (laughs) yes giving presents or getting presents oh giving presents um from a scale of one to ten do how hot do you like your shower Mm, probably an eight uh do you like the smell of gasoline Yes, that's such a good question. You know, diesel gas, for some reason, it always makes me think of the airport, and then it makes me want to, like, go somewhere. I, like, love it. I don't know why. Wow. There's so many. I'm learning this about so many people. Yeah. And it's just like, I didn't know that this was such a thing. I love it. I would never think twice. Like, I would never want to be near a gasoline station if I didn't have to. I love it. Uh, Part of the reason why I want a Tesla so bad, so I don't Mm -hmm. have to use gas. My gosh, wow. You would have made it if you had a Tesla. Oh my <laughs> right? Gosh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, polka dots or stripes? Okay. Uh, polka dots. Dark or milk? Chocolate. Mm, dark. Um, do you have any friends taller than six foot four? Yes. Yes, I do. Would you rather lose all your hair or gain 50% more hair? Oh, 50% more hair. What? That would be awesome. Yeah, right? Uh, what is the most numbers of hours you watch TV in a single day? Mm, <laughs> I'm, I'm being exposed. Um, probably, oh gosh. How long are the episodes of How I Met Your Mother? Uh, five? People are going to be like, that's horrific. Five. <laughs> five. five. <laughs> that's a whole day. Yeah. Um, would you eat a day-old taquito from 7-Eleven? Whoa, absolutely not. Mm. <laughs> Maybe young Chanel, but no. <laughs> uh, if you had a child, would you want them to be the most popular person in their high school? Mm-hmm. Mm, no. No. Because, I don't know, I feel like popularity is gained in super strange ways now. I would almost yeah. feel all right if my kid was obscure with, like, three good friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Lizzie McGuire, you know, like they had Yeah, it's kind of like, I just want my kid to exist and like right. be good and virtuous, but I don't, I don't care if they're right, popular. Right. Yeah. Can you touch your toes without bending your knees? Yes. If everyone had to, in the world had to get married uh, when they reached a certain age, what age would it be? Mm, 30? I think that's a good number. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair number. You're through your 20s. Yeah. Uh, how many times um, did you sneeze in the last seven days? Oh, twice. I actually oh. thought about that this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, so twice. <laughs> Super random, so yeah. Explanation why? I know. Um, do you own a bicycle? Um, no. Um, what is wind? Forceful air? <laughs> <laughs> That one really got me. I'm like, what? 
but it's like, so true. It you know, like angry air? I don't know. Angry air. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Um, what is the hair? Um, if there's a hair in your if there's a hair in your soup at a restaurant, would you return it? Soup? Nah, I'd eat it. Who inspires you? Oh gosh. Um, right now, probably my mom. And last question: If you could push a button and make everyone in the world seven percent happier, but it would also place the world in um. Oh, a worldwide ban on hairstyling products. Would you push it? What? <laughs> if everyone's happier, but I can't do my hair. Oh, yeah. well, everybody, I would choose. Everybody, everybody. I would choose do. everyone's happiness. Ugh, that's yeah. a Christian answer, but <laughs> push. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. hesit- push, but hesitantly. I would hesitate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are not watching, if I know, I know, I keep on saying this. If you're not watching on on uh, YouTube, go check this out on YouTube because Chanel's facial reaction to some of these <laughs> questions were priceless. <laughs> priceless. You so, got me on a few of them. Yeah, you're like. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I had no idea. The uh, the uh, the what is it the um the TV hours how many oh hours yeah I definitely I definitely <laughs> felt exposed yes <laughs> so. Um, for those, um, so that's, that's rapid fire question. We like to do that with our guests and stuff like that to kind of get to know them a little bit, but we really want to get to know you a bit more. So give us a little bit about, about your background of your, like, you know, faith background. Um, sure. Catholic all your life. Where, you know. Gotcha. Okay. So I, um, my, both of my parents are Catholic, um, baptized Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, my my mom and dad sent my sister and I, my little sister and I, too, to private Catholic school from preschool to eighth grade mm-hmm. so we can, like, you know, be good kids, have manners, etc. Yeah. And But we were, like, seasonal Catholics, so we really only went to Mass on Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Um, and then on the days obligated that I had to for school. Mm. So, um, yeah, so raised Catholic my whole life, but not in a way that I was like devoutly practicing um when I was in eighth grade my parents got a divorce and so they and with that came me on my way to high school and them just kind of being like all right well you know we don't go to mass we're not gonna like do the mass thing together anymore and my parents would come with me separately if I wanted to go on Sundays um but I just kind of dropped my faith as well because it just wasn't something that was important to me because I was out of school. I went to a public school, um, public high school, and I was kicked out of high school in my sophomore year. Um, and the only thing I was allowed to go to was youth group because my mom was like, well, the kids in youth group probably do their homework. So I was allowed to go to youth group, so I went um, to youth group just to get out of the house um, and get out of my perpetual grounding. And I um, decided that the kids at youth group seemed like they were having a really good time. You know, they were having fun, and, like, they seemed like their parents trusted them, so I thought a better community than the kids that I was already friends with. Um, So I committed to the whole youth group thing, and then from there I just really committed to that community and um went to a catholic college became a youth minister a teacher and yeah yeah and um mm-hmm. if you are ever ever unformed 
<laughs> oh Chanel yes, has a video up there on Formed. It's really. I am great. a celebrity, so I am on Formed. <laughs> um, I um, I'm sponsored by Hostess Cupcakes. No, just kidding. I wish. <laughs> um, so, but yes, yeah, so um, yeah, so Catholic my whole life, but not mm. not really practicing until my reversion when I was in high school. Right. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. just a thing I feel like for most most of us who were like raised Catholic, but mm-hmm. like. There's only so so many of us that were like super super Catholic from birth to like now. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like there had exactly. to. There's always like some sort of interruption, mm-hmm. um, whether like they were you know super on fire when they're young, and then there was an interruption, then they came back, or like you know. Agreed. Um, because I feel like it, as we're young people, like we we always are often just easily tempted and and fall into that. And as mm-hmm. youth minister, as you as a youth minister and myself as one right currently. You know, we see that in our teens, oh even our, our well-intended ones. You know, it happens. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, and that's what we're there for is to be able to help them, like pull them out and show mm-hmm. them that there's a better side of these things. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're going into studying marriage and family counseling. What called you to yes. do that? Um, so. I used to live in Denver for three years, um, cool. and I was a youth director there. So, oh, nice. Um, youth ministry for anyone that knows, and like you know that vibration, it is <laughs> something. So it is awesome, and I yeah. loved, and I still love my kids. They are like the best. Yeah. Um, and you know, you go through like your hills and valleys and being a youth minister sometimes you have one kid come to youth group sometimes you have like 25 um and so I really enjoyed it my time there but then after three years just really felt like I wasn't feeling it anymore Mm -hmm. um and God was calling me in a different direction so I moved to Philadelphia um to be near my family and to um live with some friends because I lived by myself after college for four years Yeah, and so now I live with some friends from college, and um, when I was here, I worked with the elderly in elderly home care at a Catholic home care agency, which was so Mm -hmm. interesting. Wow. Um, Yeah, and so while I was working, I thought to myself, what are some things that, because I didn't want to be a youth minister again, Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought, what are things that I enjoyed from youth ministry and what are things that just pique my interest currently and I -hmm. thought um, mental health is something that I've been really invested in these past like six years of my life since I started seeing a therapist when I moved to Denver Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been really formative for me to be able to learn more about myself healthy coping mechanisms better communication that sort of thing Um, and it's been really transformative for me as well to be able to communicate with my family better um, and to be able to offer more um, to offer more of myself as like a daughter and a sister and a friend um because I just became more self-aware. So I figured it would be really dope to be able to actually learn things um, in a a concrete environment um, and then be able to, you know, to redistribute that knowledge. So I, after a couple months of working with the home care agency, I was like, you know what? And with coronavirus gave you, you know, gave me like weeks and weeks to think about what I wanted, right? (laughs) Um, I decided to start applying for schools and here we are. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so cool because, you know, like when we're as youth ministers, sometimes you're seen as somebody who needs to be aware of mental health, right? And because Mm -hmm. our teens, they're they're, they're working through it too. 
Um, oh and gosh, some, yeah. like, some of them have parents that don't know um, that their kids are working through it. And, you know, like, sometimes they will spill out their guts to you. And, like, what do I do with this information, you know? Yeah. And and it's tough. I mean, like, obviously, then, like, um, you're, not, you're not a counselor. You're not a, you know... Um, um, like somebody can help them professionally, mm-hmm. um, but you you just you all you can really do is listen. So it's really cool if um, when people like I know some youth ministers of my friends of mine who who um, went back to school to study psychology so they can come back and do ministry better. Oh, that's dope because youth right? ministry and any kind of ministry, right? Like relational. Yeah. But youth ministry for sure is one of those things where you start becoming a youth minister. I'm sure you've had that same experience and yeah. you start and you don't really realize how intense um, yeah. when they say relational, it really is a lot of yeah. listening and receiving children, right? Um, children. Right. and But you're also receiving parents and you're receiving um, right. vulnerability and like how how nervous they are because they might not know something about the faith mm-hmm. and they feel uncomfortable transmitting that knowledge and then you have to kind of navigate how to communicate with them as an adult right. but then right. also how to support their chi- their child without you know it's such an yeah. interesting thing that happens when you have to work with both the parents and the child right and then you know like it's it's like a, de- a delicate balance it's also just like you know, it builds a. It teaches you to like have to be okay with like uncomfortable, like being uncomfortable, because mm-hmm. like you know talking to somebody's parents about you know about their kid. I mean, talking to somebody about their kid mm-hmm. who's struggling with something they have no idea about. Yeah. And having to like kind of uh, tell them because if it's something huge, especially if it's something that. You know, if a teen suddenly says that, you know, they've been abused or anything like that, you have now you have to get now legal. It needs to be legal. You know, like mm-hmm. you're obligated by your job to like report that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, it's hard. It's hard. And, uh, you know, um, knowing people who have done that, you know, go went away from ministry because they felt like, you know, I'm not equipped yet. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I have my theology degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how to handle this yet. Yeah, so, and like, that's left huge. And came yeah. back, you know, mm-hmm. huge, 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 huge. Um, and what was some what was some challenging parts when um, um, when working through your own mental health? If you don't mind getting a little vulnerable there. Oh no, of course not. Um, so, I think for me specifically, there's there's a huge stigma in black and brown communities against mental health. And mental wellness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as like growing up, things that kind of, things that happen in your family stay in your family. You don't share things that happen because mm-hmm. it's between the family members. Um, and when you do share something, it's kind of seen as like a betrayal um, mm-hmm. because it's private. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when if you're talking about a therapist, the kind of running the running idea is that you're paying somebody to listen to you, right? Right. Um, You're paying somebody to listen to the family drama, which should be private in the first place. So there's huge stigmas. And so going to therapy first was already one of those things where I went for two years and I didn't tell my anybody. Mm -hmm. I only told like a couple of my 
friends. Um, But I didn't tell my mom or my dad because I had to go for two years just to feel like I wasn't like betraying my family um, by bringing them up in my sessions. And so I think that was one of the hardest things to work through was feeling like I, it was okay that I went and Mm -hmm. that, and that growing up with there being such a stigma around taking care of my mental health um, Mm -hmm. because we live in like a um, we live in a grind culture right so even like me and you right we live in a grind culture you get Mm -hmm. up you go to work you work all day you Mm -hmm. come home you eat and you sleep maybe you like kiss your wife you kiss your husband and then that's it and then you go to work again and you just grind 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 just to make it to saturday to hang out for 20 minutes to then like go back to work again um and so growing up especially with black and brown people there's this idea that you have to work like you have to work 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 until you die you're constantly supporting your family you're constantly supporting somebody um Mm. And so mental health is kind of this thing that exists in the background. It's like, oh, well, you're just, you know, if you're, if you're, maybe you're having a depression like tendency. Um, Mm. Oh, well, you're just, you know, sad because you just need to take a nap. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, or if you feel yourself becoming anxious, it's like, oh, well, you know, just take a bath or drink some tea or something. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's fine if you just kind of work past it. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think working past that stigma, um, especially when I told my family that I was going to therapy and everything that kind of followed that um, was probably the most challenging part. So Yeah, I feel like, um, like I didn't, and not, not that I was, um, not to self-diagnose or anything like that, but I mm-hmm. knew there was something that I was going through when I was younger that was like... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of self like seeking and like oh you don't want to it's like there's a lot of shame in even having admitted that you were mm. struggling with anything you know so mm-hmm. in even the Filipino culture um, in the household that I was raised a first generation born and raised in America like Same. not only am I trying yeah, yeah not only are we trying to learn like the American culture and our own family culture it's like we're also trying to learn these social norms that i mean these like and things that help us and trying to do that as like i mean as a middle school or high school thinking about it's like that's ridiculous like they shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to deal with that um and learn that on their own i had no siblings i had like that were here in america who experienced the same thing so i was out here kind of like well, let's learn from my peers. What are my peers doing? What are my mm. peers struggling with? You know, and I went to a predominantly black and Hispanic um, schools when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, went to, to those uh, schools hoping to learn from them. But they also didn't know what we were And none of us knew what we were doing. Middle school, like you're not, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to learn. You're supposed to learn from your teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, and so it was just really hard to kind of like, see myself in high school especially like like i went through this obese i was very obese when i was in high school like mm-hmm. overly and um went to these these sites of a depression where i just wouldn't you know i would care pretend like i care but then i pretend i wouldn't care and then like just eat more oh, you know yeah. mm-hmm. um and and then i went on this huge weight loss journey where i'm like okay i do care and i care too much and so i was like not eating enough and working out too much you know and just trying to overcompensate and like 
Uh, but you know, looking back in hindsight, like I was definitely struggling with something with some mental health issues that I didn't realize or was mm-hmm. even aware of even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so it was hard. And you know, with with that, what you were saying earlier, like with if you were to if I were to go to somebody outside of my family, it it, it was it, it even with us, it was kind of like a why why do you think that we're not here for you? Oh yes, you know? yes. I'm like, well, no, it, you are, and I get it, but it's just like, I never went to it, you know, and and that's why yeah. I never went out, you know, I was afraid, so, mm-hmm. or they thought it was a waste of money because I also came from a family that didn't have much, you know. Mm, yes, um, there is, so. yeah, it's so. I think it really is so multifaceted because there's, there's, it's a, it's money, right, to go see a professional person, right. and then it's sharing with someone that's outside of your family and then there's the shame and the guilt that your own parents feel because they feel like they missed the mark or they weren't there for you in a particular way and then you have to you all of a sudden become the parent in a parent-child relationship where your parents kind of change into like a child zone where you have to affirm them and like love on them by assuring them that they did the best that they could it's Mm -hmm. such an interesting thing that happens when you when you just learn about yourself and become more Mm -hmm. self-aware and um and self-knowledgeable of things that are happening it's really crazy yeah yeah it, it, it really is and you know some of my you know i had some pretty close friends that struggled with it a lot deeper than mine Mm-hmm. I mean, like a lot deeper depressions or, you know, like uh, other mental health issues that were like, it seemed like it was unreal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, I know, I remember I would justify to myself, at least I'm not as bad as this person. Yes. You know? And that's yeah. another dangerous part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so did you know anybody like growing up that um, struggled um, with mental health um Yes. So, so growing up, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you had the same experience, but it's like you kind of can't identify it as like a mental health struggle until you're older and you or you're like, whoa, that was really intense. You know, you're like maybe reflecting on something you went through as a child or like someone you used Mm -hmm. to hang out with. And you're like, gosh, that was really like severe, that person. And I can't believe I used to hang out or just casually be around that person so in my family in my family um there's a lot of just like struggles that just exist in my family that I think I saw but I kind of absorbed passively as a kid you know because you just kind of think that things are normal when you're a kid um and so like anxiety or like you know um a family member kind of being alone in their room for like four days or like mm-hmm. not talking to the other family members or like right. or sudden bursts of rage or anger like unexplainable or like gaslighting you know and mm-hmm. um and then like manipulation those kind of things um i saw those things all the time as a kid but you just never recognize it because you just think it's normal because it's right. how you're growing up um right it's true yeah i think, think it's when just I, normal Right? Yeah, yeah, and you're just kind of like whatever. This is just how people are. Yeah, um, and I then guess, you get older. Like, I don't know you. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, and then you get older, and you're like, wait a minute. I and it's so interesting how it works because you get older, mm-hmm. and the more you learn about how you can live a healthier life, it mm-hmm. almost it's it's hard to embrace a healthier lifestyle as well because it's almost like you you have to break out of the shell of comfort that is. Mm-hmm 
anxiety or depression or overeating or you know yeah. like um whatever it is um yeah. and when you have to move out of that like for me when i had to I tend to I tend to move into like depressive or anxious tendencies quite often. So like yeah. I get very anxious very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um and I start overthinking. So I'll think to myself like, you know, you'll say, "Hey Chanel, do you mind turning your computer a little bit?" and I'll be like, "Oh gosh, well, does he think I have a bad computer? Does he think that I shouldn't be on this podcast? What if he yeah. thinks, you know, and it's right, just right. all of these things." Right. Um and so it's just I think growing up I was around a lot of people that had those same tendencies especially when I was in high school Mm. um and yeah but I just kind of thought that that's how people were you know yeah and I just kind of thought like that's how people were and that's how life was and I just never really paid attention to it um Mm -hmm. yeah so it's pretty crazy now reflecting on it yeah because I mean I feel like I didn't learn a lot of, like you said, like you don't really, you take this as like, oh, this is just how things are. And I don't realize thing uh, like until I look back and like, oh yeah, my cousin was this age when I saw said, you know, like just for an example, I don't I have a cousin that was 25 in my life, but like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm 25 now. And I remember my cousin and I'm like, wow, he wasn't, he wasn't okay. Or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. just for example, or like my professor, like teachers, my gosh, like my teachers. Oh yes. Like we like in my middle school we like bullied our teachers ah i know uh isn't it hard to think about that and you're like i was actually kind of a mean kid right like i know like i remember we bullied our like science teacher in middle school to a point where he like snapped i know i I remember he's like probably my age uh, and just trying to do his job, trying to provide for his family. Like, dang, man, I what know. a bunch of jerks. <laughs> yeah, those are hard things to think about because I, yeah, I think about that often. And I'm like, yeah. gosh, I really was not a great kid. Right, right. <laughs> and especially, too, when I graduated from college and I became a teacher, I yeah. really felt for my teachers in high school at, to yeah. the point where I emailed a few of them because I was like hey I'm so sorry I don't know if you remember me but I teach oh, kids wow. now or I'm a youth minister now and I am so sorry and I and wow. I will pray for you and I really hope you know that I am sorry wow <laughs> that's awesome it is I, that's so huge hard. yeah like it's so hard out here so mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah so if you're in middle school or in high school be nice to your teachers man. yeah We're please be nice to- we're just trying to survive and make a living. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to survive. Please be nice. No, it's true though. It's true. Yeah. Um, so when, um, like, was there a point, like, in your life? I think you might have mentioned it earlier, but was there a point in your life where you knew, like, this is, I'm, I'm so, I'm so passionate about like making sure that people's mental health, like, people are aware of their mental health, like, we mm. need to talk about this. Was there a point, like, a specific point in time in your life that that happened? Hmm, I think I think there were many points, but I think the most recent one is was when we first started being quarantined. So like mm-hmm. around March 13th, I moved to New York. I went to New York to go watch my niece for a week, mm-hmm. but it ended up turning into like 5 months I was there just until uh-huh. now. Yeah, it was crazy. And so um, when I was there, it was great because I got to hang out with her more and spend intentional time. Mm -hmm. And she's like 16 right now, so she's in the prime of her life. Um, (laughs) So just being able to spend time with her, right, and um, hang out, but then also be able to see 
because I am far removed from high school, but being mm-hmm. able to see how she's working through things, how she copes with things, how she communicates, um, being able to talk to her, being able to communicate with other members of my family, especially because we're in mm-hmm. quarantine. So all you can do is like talk to right. people. Right. Um, and communicating with my friends spending a lot of time by myself because it was just me and a 16 year old in a house for four months so um I think during that time I really was like you know I think that there's something to be said about being intentional about taking care of yourself and your mental health because Mm -hmm. I've seen a therapist for the past five years but there are daily things that I don't do that I realize that I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are things that I realize that my family benefits from um, mm-hmm. and things that my friends benefit from um, that I thought, you know, we really, we should be talking about this more because during quarantine, we've all got to work on ourselves a lot more because, you know, all you can do is kind of just sit around. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, you know, it's just really important for all of us to just be doing more this these things more intentionally. So I think during sure. quarantine was when I was truly like, all right, I got to learn about this so then we could mm-hmm. really start doing it. Right. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah. It's true because, you know, we we all are working through something. Right. And whether it's mm-hmm. like a deeper like a deeper diagnosis of it or, or like a. Or something just like soft on the surface, you know, like some people are just doing surface level depression and like, mm-hmm. um, and I think quarantine is really going to kick it out. Oh, it's like you said, and it's just oh, going yeah. to rip it and make it, make it, or rather amplify it, you know, like, oh yeah, you really are struggling with this. Did you understand that? Like, you know, it becomes apparent to us or like, it just like gets worse and we struggle with it more. And so, Agreed. um, you know, with that, like, um, it was crazy to me uh, a couple of years ago when I realized that, you know, there's some like religion, like people who are in the church and people who are priests that think that mental health issues are just are silly or like mm. something. There was like a priest that I'm came scared. out. I was like, please, it's like, please um, stop using quotation marks when you say mental health. Um, mm-hmm. It's offensive to us who are in your pews. And it takes mm. about like 20. And it was a priest himself who was saying that. Uh, who came out to say that and um, I was just like wow that's crazy to me because like I've never like ever since I became aware of it I never thought of it otherwise you know mm-hmm. of being wow. questioned questioned in existence yeah that's so that's there have been so many things that I've been like what um yeah. in the past couple months and I'm like right. how could you guys not believe that this thing is right. real but um right. yeah I definitely think in christian environments there's um a big gap where um a lot of conversations about mental health should be happening so Mm -hmm. um especially there's people that think that mental mental illnesses or struggles are just spiritual issues and hey the devil operates in so many ways so there could be in real life the devil operating in you when you are in a depressive zone the devil could be actively operating to speed that up and quickly put you into you know deep depression like suicidal ideations those things are realistic and like can happen on a spiritual level Mm -hmm. but there are also chemical imbalances that happen within our brain Mm -hmm. that 
perpetuate those modes of existing right where we can't just like switch it on and off right right um and so i think it's important to see the integration of both like faith and science right Right. those things can work together and um yeah but i do think that there's a huge gap in christian communities which is super unfortunate um but but funny enough though it was only until i started working in denver my boss my old boss Mm -hmm. who is awesome awesome like middle-aged polish priest and (laughs) he would always like whenever i would go to confession um i would come out and we would chat or whatever and he would i would um ask him how his day was going he was like yeah great just hearing confessions a couple people i had to refer to like some therapy some counselors because i'm not a therapist he was like there's a line between me being a priest and you needing to see a professional Mm. and that was the first time i'd ever heard a priest say like this is not on me like i will pray we will all pray and unite together but there's a line where you need to see someone who is certified in mental health counseling. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that is awesome. And so definitely think that needs to be paid more attention to for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you're a Catholic out there who is struggling with mental health and don't like, haven't given a thought, um, why don't you go out and seek a counselor of some sort and just, I mean, maybe, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not, but try it out. I mean, it's something that's important and if you don't uh uh believe in this mental health and, and say and put quotation marks when you say it <laughs> let's uh let's talk mm-hmm. uh, i plan on having more conversations like this in the future uh this is something i think we've already talked about on the podcast before and um we'd love to we'd love to continuously bring it back and i know Jarrell, uh, our co-host is also very big on it so we're gonna try to yeah Jarrell is awesome He's yeah good. He's great. So he's a he. We'll do a Q and A. Maybe we'll we'll bring on a panel of people and kind of talk about it. That'd be cool. That'd so, be dope. And also, yeah. if you need any resources, um, if you follow um, the human at the human condition on Instagram, cool. Um, yeah. It's super awesome. It's all about the integration of our Catholic faith and mental mm-hmm. health. So you should check That's it awesome. out. Yeah, we have different states for every mm-hmm. state that we have suggested um, faithful counselors. So you should check that out and be a part of the community we have good conversations and we would love to support you in any way that we can what was it called again it's at the human condition gotcha just start following it yeah so they're dope cool. so you should follow them if you want some some support yeah on, it'll be in the link in the it will be a link to it will be in the description of the show notes and stuff like that so go check that out um we're going to be back with some more with chanel um after this break so we'll be right back sweet if you ever wanted to start a podcast today is the day go to anchor.fm to get started it's a they have a free app on the app store and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer this app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast use a microphone on your phone record a voice memo upload it to anchor and that's it anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on spotify apple Podcasts, and many more uh, you can make money on for your podcast with no minimum listenership and like i said everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the anchor app so go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free anchor app in your app store again anchor.fm to get started or download the free anchor app in your store And we hope that you join the podcast world.
Let's go. Okay, we're back with Chanel Shaw. Um, again, make sure you follow her at Chanel underscore K. That's C H E N E L E underscore K. Right? Is that right? That's right. Yep. Okay. You cool. spelled my name right. So great. Oof. To, and I, you didn't call me like Chinele. Oof, thank God. Oh, man. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people call me Chinele. And I'm Chinelle. like, <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Well, I get Adriani all the time. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I would see that. I, right? The first time I think I saw your name at Ave Maria, I was like, oh, Adriani. And my right. friend was like, <laughs> It's spelled no. like, it's spelled, first of all, it's spelled the feminine way. <laughs> so, yeah. Like masculine <laughs> way is A-D-R-I-A-N. Mm-hmm. And I just don't correct people anymore. You're just like, whatever. You're just you like, spell. I know, Adrian. with me too. I'm like, sure, Chinelle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Right. Um, so, you know, we talked about in the first half of the podcast, we talked about mental health because that's something you're passionate about. And we always talk, and here we, we bring on guests and talk about their passions and the things that they're, they're ardent, you know, like ardently is passionate and stuff like that. And so, like, another thing that you like to post on your social media, and I, I, that's what kind of reconnected me to your social media because um, was was it be, it was being shared a lot a lot of your post um, and things that you were posting um, was your like talk about black lives and us Catholics and our role in that right mm. the black lives matter you know in fact indeed matter right um, and often this conversation gets immediately when you say those three words people polarize immediately yeah oh gosh yeah Mm -hmm. so so let's let's talk about a a little bit about that like why is it important for us catholics to to see to to see to not be afraid of saying black lives matter Mm. you know i have so many i have so many thoughts and on this so please you know be like all right girl if i if i start getting so i think that I mean, I think that first it's just kind of, it's, I don't want to say crazy because I don't like to say that word too too much, but I do think it's silly and it's interesting that people can't for the life of them say, okay, this is important. Like this is important. And this thing that has taken over this name, right? So like Black Lives Matter the statement and Black Lives Matter, the organization, two separate things, right? right. The statement existed before the organization. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel comfortable, because I know the big hang up is the organization, especially in right. Catholic circles. Right. Um, if you don't feel comfortable saying Black Lives Matter because of the organization and because you're going to be affiliated with the organization, right? sure, whatever, you know? Okay. Um, I do think that the lame part is that it's stopping a lot of people from doing the work. It's stopping a lot of people from saying anything. And I'm like, dude, you know, come on. Like, just because there's... And I and so that's why I've started saying, too, because one of my good friends was talking to me and he was telling me about how one of his friends was saying that black lives are sacred. He was saying black lives matter is cool. Um, 
but matter is like bare minimum. It's mm. bare minimum for me to matter to somebody. Mm. But for me to be seen as sacred to someone, which God created each one of us, individual mm-hmm. and sacred, um, is really raising the bar, right? So right. if you wanted to, I, fi- I figured if people even want to change the narrative, okay, black lives are sacred then. That's not black lives matter. We can right. all feel comfortable with that. We all right. believe that God created each one of us sacred anyway, so Catholics can roll with that. I think for Catholics that don't believe, Catholics and Christians that don't believe that racism is even a thing, uh, I am truly, like, astonished at this point. I I don't know. Um, There's so many resources we have learned in so many history classes. Um, There's so many things that tell us the history of black people in America. Not the full history, usually just like the subservient, um, sad history. Um, But so so we know how we got here in America and we know how the how the past hundred, even before that years have been for us realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the wild thing is to think that something this horrible, as horrible as slavery can exist for hundreds of years Mm -hmm. um whereas like in 1965 in the congo black people were still in cages as as like as jokes for white people that would go visit um and people are still alive from 1965 like that's not forever ago um that's like yeah so it's like it's like my dad yeah my dad was born in 1950 so i think it's like to think that something can just be like all right well it's distinguished it's extinguished because Chris Brown is on the radio, Oprah has a magazine, and Obama was president. No, right. it's it's right. still happening. There right. are still systems in place that um, create less opportunities for Black and Brown people. Um, and that's a, that's a thing too. Like you, there, you can show progress and still have not have done everything, right? Exactly. Like, I, like we're not denying the fact that it was great that um, that we had a black president, or the great that exactly. you know we have these these black um, um, artists and these black celebrities and these black um, actors and these black athletes um, that are really popular, like popular and like sought after. But it's like there's still an issue that exists right exactly and i think to say that i think i I mean i've really had a lot of time to think about it and i am not white so i can't get into the heart of why it's so hard for a lot of racist because not all white people are racist but a lot of racist white people to kind of come to terms i was thinking that maybe it's because to acknowledge that racism exists and to acknowledge that you might benefit even passively right so you want to you know talk about privilege and how that is a a trigger word for people so to even say that you benefit passively it would change your entire way of being right it would change Mm. how you interact with people it would change how you shop how you talk what music what music you listen to you know everything about your life um and I think it's hard for people to to accept that change. Um, and I think right now, especially with everything popping off in the past couple months, a lot of black people, like for me, it's hard to wake up and say, okay, cool, um, this black man was killed over a counterfeit $20 bill, okay? 
all right, well, this other man was chased down in a neighborhood and shot to death. And then nothing happened for two months until we did, you know, the law's job and signed petitions. Okay, well, this other woman was sleeping Mm -hmm. and was killed in her sleep and still nothing is happening. It's hard to wake up every day and constantly be Mm re-traumatized by events and news every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And to hear, especially from your Christian brothers and sisters, that those events and those things are just kind of passive things. Right. Like we just all you guys just all need to be OK because um, Obama was president and you guys right. and everything's fine. And it's just one of those things where it's like it's hard to exist in that um, place, especially when you walk into a church and you feel like um, there's so many things happening in the world. But this is something that's really important that's happening right now. Mm. And that's OK. And that doesn't take away from the fact that homelessness is also happening or, right. you know, teenage pregnancy is also happening. That's OK. Right. Those things can happen at the same time. But it's right. our right to say that this is happening and this is what we're going to talk about right now. So I mm-hmm. think as Christians and Catholics, there is this interesting thing that's happening where there seemingly cannot be conversations about black lives, brown lives, without it turning into a but and. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, but, you know, um, have you guys talked about how abortion is the number one killer of black people? Okay, thank you so much. But mm-hmm. that's not what the conversation is right now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And there's this weird defense that's happening where people are trying or you know i used to think well-intentioned but now at this point i'm like come on girl Mm -hmm. it's people are trying to say hey um i know more than you about this thing that is affecting you personally um and i'm going to just tell you that Mm -hmm. with no kind with no thought um and there's yeah there's this interesting thing happening where there's like a there can't be two thoughts at once and there can't just be one thought because it's a threat to every other thing. Um, and it's just so interesting and it's harmful and it's problematic. And I think it makes it, it makes it so hard because when we're talking about black lives in the womb, Mm -hmm. there is no question. There's no conversation. We, I will go and I will pray with my brothers and sisters and I will pray for an end to, you know, to abortion. We will support young black and brown mothers. Mm-hmm. We will show up and show out. Um, but for some reason, those adult babies are all of a sudden problematic political conversation triggers. And right. that is where it's hard to have, it's hard to feel like, gosh you know it's hard to be a part of those communities you know um because you feel really like gosh you know what is going on we can't just you can't just fight for babies and me fight for adults like catholics are called to have a culture of life an entire culture of life um and so that means like jesus didn't say it was going to be easy and that like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna do one you do another one he said we're just gonna have an entire culture um and so that calls each one of us to stand up for life from conception to natural death and so yeah so i just think we as and this is just you know my opinion but i think as christians in 2020 
and before. We have aligned ourselves politically and we have gotten to this point where we have found God in politics um, and in our political figures um, to the point where being not being anti-racist is being unpatriotic. Right. And those two things to me are so interesting because you'll have I don't know if you have the same experience, but I'll have conversations with people and I'll say, hey, it's as easy as not being racist. It's as easy as acknowledging that these things happen and continue to happen to black and brown people all over Mm -hmm. America. But for some reason, that's a threat to patriotism. It's a threat to America. It's a threat to our way of living. And when those things are happening, I'm like, you guys, you should see how crazy this sounds. Like, doesn't this sound so insane to say that by me speaking out against these things that I'm not a patriot anymore? Like, what? And so... Yeah, so it's, it's almost, like, it's, it's so a, crazy. It's an over-over, uh, uh, what I call it, a toxic uh, patriotism. Exactly. Um, it's just like, why can't we, why why can't we do a, a why can't we both and, you know? Like, yeah. why not a both and rather than an either or, you know? Like, yeah. why can't we have the conversation about both things? Why can't we have, like, respect for our country and hope for the best while loving and 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 trying to do what's best for our black brothers and sisters yeah it's really as if it's like and and it's interesting because patriotism to me has become one of those like weird things now where i'm not even sure like i'll meet somebody and they're like i love america and i'm like all right you know (laughs) you know it's one of those things where i'm like i love america too but like how much do you love america because there's people that are patriotic but then there's people that are like nationalist right it's Mm, like there's a difference mm. between being a patriot where i can say hey Mm. i'm a patriot i live in america i love america america's Mm. dope but america has done this this and this wrong and this this and this i don't agree with and we should really change this this and this about america Mm -hmm. then there's nationalists that are like i love america america's it america's the best america number one america can do nothing wrong and if you Mm. say anything against that's it and i Unfortunately, Mm. I think that that's infiltrated the church in a way Mm. where we where being like a Christian, being a Christian is being this like patriot extreme. And you can't and it's like this interesting thing that exists where it's like, wait a minute, what? And you can't have any critiques and after mass at the closing hymn you're singing and i'm proud to be an american and you're like (laughs) you're like wait a minute you know it's like wait a minute like what do these two things have to do with each other they have nothing to do with each other because it's as if it's It's as if catholics only reside in america and what? I'm like, wait a minute, because we'll talk about the universality of the church if mm-hmm. I'm praying to Our Lady of Lords. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about, like, you know, Jesus being a Middle Eastern man, which mm-hmm. is even that a trigger for some people. Oh, it's yes. it's crazy. It's like right. the right. universality of the church is real and tangible until it's not, until right. you don't want it to be because it threatens your way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I have pretty much, I mean... I am disappointed in a lot of the ways that I've seen 
these conversations kind of um, not happen, um, whether it's like with our priests or just like in our parishes, right. um, because I I think it's just kind of sad and it's just like what why are we so scared because it's a reality and if we're protecting people and we're practicing even Catholic social teaching where we're upholding the life and dignity of people then that shouldn't be something that's hard for us um but for some reason it is you know and i and i truly think it's because we have found god in our political figures and in our political parties where god god is not like god is not a republican god is not a democrat and i know i don't know if this sounds crazy um, to people but it's like it's you know wait a minute wait a minute you know and it's like god is you know and we have aligned ourselves so heavily that we are afraid now to address issues that don't fall even in either category you know Mm. i've been talking to a lot of catholics that feel politically homeless it's like where where am i even because i don't even know with this party they're shutting down plant parenthoods which is great yeah um but then in this party they're like you know advocating for something that is way against church teaching so it's like well then which party is worse you know it's uh, it's just really it's super interesting you know we can get into the whole like debate like the two-party system is just not working anymore i know so i'm like but you know what i (laughs) i will stop before i start talking about like third parties because i don't i don't know if i want to you know i don't want to drag your podcast into that realm but but yeah dude i i definitely think you know it's it is so interesting that um we have such a hard time but i do think it's because we've aligned ourselves and i think a lot of catholics and christians are recognizing it i see a lot of conversations happening just about like hey why is it so hard for me as a white person to Mm. just say like black lives matter why is that hard it's because the parish i go to might have like some racist people in it or um you know or it's because my family members might be or it's because i might have some um some thoughts or some ways of living that i have perpetuated in my life that have been racist there's a lot of conversations that are happening that are really good um but i also think that there's there's more on a nationwide front that i think need to happen Right. It's just mm-hmm. there's so much that we can do. Um, mm-hmm. But like where I feel like it's either people are overwhelmed by the debates, but also maybe even overwhelmed by the thought of where to start. Like at mm-hmm. this point, you really should know where to start. I mean, there's a lot of resources which showing you where you can start. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I guess it's like I guess if you really try to need a, if you're really still stuck at that starting point, which is OK, which is OK. Just know that it's okay to care about black people. It's okay to say black lives matter. And guess what? It's okay to advocate for it too and still not affiliate yourself with Black Lives Matter, the organization. Say it. Say it. Maybe people will hear you and be like, you know what? If that guy said, because I don't know how many people will have to say, hey, it's okay. It's all right for me to be like, Hawaiian lives matter. Right. Pacific Islanders' lives matter. Right. You know, even white people's lives matter. Right. You know, it's like you see these conversations that are happening amongst, like, especially 
when all the horrific things regarding police brutality were really popping off, you know, um, months ago. Um, there are even white people that I would see specifically jump into my DMs and say, like, okay, well, did you see that this white man was killed with a knee on his neck months ago by this police officer and they haven't been charged yet? And I said, exactly. So you guys, we should be outraged together. It should be, we should be upset together because it's happening. If it can happen to you, imagine. Like, we should be upset together, you know? And I think it's, it's, it's so interesting because it's like we we can think more than one thing. I can think, hey, we should have more police accountability and we should really say, okay, if these things are happening, if you have a track record, like something should happen to you. You should be suspended, you should right. be fired, et cetera, whatever. But then at the same point, I can say, if someone walked and I tell my friends this and my family all the time, if someone ran up to me right now and said, Chanel, there's a uh, there's a, in the neighbor's house, there's a man holding your neighbor hostage and he has a gun and uh, we want you to go in there and save your neighbor and you might not come out and you also don't know your neighbor. And so you might just die. And I would say, you know what? Maybe it's just my neighbor's time because I don't know if I would go in there. <laughs> but there's a lot of men and women. I know that's so horrible, but it's true. It's like, it's true. and you know, if there was a fire and someone was like, Chanel, there's a five alarm. I think it's a fire where it's like all the firemen have to come. And, right. you know, there's a huge fire and we're going to have you run up 20 flights of stairs and you might die and the building might fall on you. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And that's it. So go in there and save these people. Absolutely not. I would say, you know, I think it's their time. I'm not doing it. Um, But I know there are brave men and women who will do it. So I think it's important to say, like, that you can say you desire accountability and Mm. consequence, but also I would not do their job. It's okay to have respect for the position, but then also say, like, but, you know, but and people that say, well, it's just one rotten apple or a few rotten apples. Okay, if I go to the grocery store and there's a bag of apples and a couple of them are rotten, guess who's not buying that bag? Chanel. You don't <laughs> buy that bag. You know, you you tell the grocery right. store people that there's rotten apples and then they throw it out because that's it. There mm. needs to be consequence, you know. And I think it's okay to think in a way that is mm. not just like one lined, right. um, which is unfortunately just happening a lot in the church. Which yeah. sucks. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's in the church. It's, I mean. It's everywhere, but it's has, yeah. it has infiltrated our church. I like how you Agreed. said that earlier. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, like, unfortunately, there's probably going to be people here who stop listening to this. The, min- the minute I mentioned that we were going to talk about Black Lives Matter, mm. right, or, or the racism issue. Um, and I hope they didn't. I hope they stayed. And I hope that they're listening still uh, because this is something we need to, that needs to be heard. Um, my brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church, like we need to be defending our brothers and sisters who are black and who, whether or not they're in the Catholic Church, you know, like, <laughs> are we not our brother's keeper, right? Mm. Are we not our brother's keeper? And no matter what that is or however it goes by, it's like obviously you're going to keep your Catholic morals to like close to our chest. We're going to still do that, but mm-hmm. you can still do that and defend life. There it is, right? There's a way. There's, There's a, way. a way. Defend and life, dude, and that means like 
all life and that's right. that's a hard conversation to have with yourself right that's right. hard introspection but right. all life right like black lives white lives asian lives right. all lives but in this moment black lives and brown lives right, right? that's okay and that's right. okay you know and i think coming to terms with the fact that that's okay rewriting that narrative that exists within your brain maybe in your family and your friends whatever conversations you're having that mm -hmm. it's okay to be focused on one thing and mm -hmm. you're not being a traitor to everything else around you that's okay right right, mm -hmm. right. is there um if you were to you know someone's going to ask you it's like why is it important for me mm -hmm. to like i'm just you know say just like a random person who doesn't have much of an influence why is it important for me to advocate for black lives especially if i feel like it contradicts my catholic faith hmm. or beliefs what would sure. you say to this person well first i would say is it an issue with the organization because if that's the conversation then it's okay because the right. statement that black lives matter existed yeah. before the organization um, so I would kind of take that to heart. Mm -hmm. And then I would also say it matters because at me as a black woman, I know who my audience is. I know what my family looks like. I know who my friends are. And I know, like, I know when people see me, I am a black woman. That's mm -hmm. what they first see. That's first impression. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that the conversations around me might be pivoted because of what I look like. And I mm -hmm. acknowledge that. Um, and I think if I'm speaking to a white person, I think it's important to acknowledge that you have a responsibility because of what you look like. This is your moment. This is it. Right. Like when people see you, they say, oh, wow. You know, they might not actively, of course, because that's strange. But <laughs> like passively, oh, that's a white person. Boom. There either might be a level of comfort. There might be some kind of familial energy that exists between you and another white person mm -hmm. where conversations will happen more quickly, right? Things that are offensive or racist or prejudiced might just happen around you. Right. And those conversations and those topics will be perpetuated if you mm -hmm. keep just passively taking it in and not saying anything. Mm -hmm. If I jump in and tell a white person that blah, blah, blah is wrong, okay, sure. I'm just right. a black woman that's telling a white person that something's wrong and I'm angry and I'm upset or whatever. Right. When a white person corrects another white person or stands up for something, that's, that is your family. That's your brethren. That right. is someone saying, hey, this is wrong. I'm another white person saying to another white person that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's not just and it's not just like, oh, well, I don't have to say anything because there's a bunch of black people saying things now or there's a right. bunch of other, you know, whatever. It's important for you because you know what your community looks like. You know what your friends are like. You know what your family looks like and what they talk about. Mm -hmm. Um and your family isn't my audience. Your friends aren't my audience. Right. You are the audience. You mm -hmm. speak to your people around you. Mm -hmm. And for things to change and stop, um, you know, perpetuating for bad things to stop happening in terms of, like, racist conversations and ideas. Right. It's really important that you take that responsibility and say, I might not be able to 
go on Instagram and have 10,000 people repost my idea about something Mm -hmm. or repost my thought on black lives being important. But if I can sit with my mom and dad at the dinner table and when dad says something racist and I say, hey, dad, actually, that's wrong because of blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. Now, my dad won't also say something racist to his coworker. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my dad also won't say something racist to that woman at the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I'm slowly stopping that spread of right. racist idea and behavior right. because my dad is the one that's saying things. My mom, my friends, you know. Um, yeah. So I think it's important. Is It's like each of us have a role. Um, and I think it's silly to think that you have to do something huge to be relevant because racism is obviously it's existed for this long because people just kind of we talk about biases right and it's Mm -hmm. because people just kind of have existed with it and Mm -hmm. you have people now in 2020 people that are 50 years old people that are 20 years old say oh wow i had no idea like i've just lived my whole life just kind of thinking that like oh i thought that was okay like oh i thought if there's a black man walking through my neighborhood, I just kind of thought it was okay to lock my doors. I just kind of right. thought it was okay to feel, to warn my children. You know, and it's like these ideas right. that have existed for years because people are like, oh, I just thought it was okay. But then until yeah. one day where they're like, oh yeah, my friend Nicole told me that actually that might be a bias and I had no idea what biases are. Well, look at that. Right. Claps and snaps to Nicole for saying right. something. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so I think every person has a role, no matter how right. small, um, to stop this. Yeah, I think it's so true because when we, like, you know, growing up, like you said, like for myself, I was in, like, I grew up in a very predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And not when, not like my parents, I'm a, I'm a Filipino American. I was raised, I was first generation, like I said earlier. And I remember my parents telling me, if there's a as there's a black person coming, lock your door. Mm-hmm. Uh, or lock the door. Make sure you lock the door. I'm going to go in the store real quick. Um, you know, whatever. But why not? You know, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, maybe they said uh, they said the same thing about any strange people. But, like, um, mm-hmm. it was particularly sometimes, like, oh, if there's a black person that comes, lock your door. And it mm-hmm. maybe just takes as much as that. And, like, you know? Like, not saying, oh, unlock, unlock your doors when they come. Oh, not saying that. But, yeah, no, yeah. But, like, sure. you know, slowly saying little things like that. Like, oh, look at that. Look at this. Isn't this um, black person so, like, beautiful? Like, instilling that in yeah. your kids as you're younger and, like, having them, exposing them to, like, you know, I know they are making, like, there's this company making beautiful black dolls. Mm-hmm. That having those around and not just the Barbie blonde hair, blue eyes mm. around all the time with your, mm. for your daughters. Mm-hmm. Um like having them interested in like I love comics because like they're they're introducing all the famous comic heroes in in like by like t- being taken over like Mar- Miles Morales black and Hispanic and you got like oh yeah um like there's a black Captain America now who is the one that's like going to be taking over like so like they're just like showing all these different ways of which breaking these social norms of like oh the white male is the hero yeah and for some reason like white is the exemplar of excellence which is so interesting because you see that and and i tell some of my friends i'm like if you don't believe that then reflect reflect on because i heard something really interesting in a talk the other day reflect on when you received first communion 
and remember when you receive those cards and what those cards look like and remember the little girl praying on the front what did she look like was she a white woman with blonde hair because i bet you she was and did you ever see a black person on any first communion cards right did you ever see you know it's like reflect on those moments in your life that you're like oh my gosh i have never wait a minute i have never seen a black or brown person in this space and you just exist with it but you know what's interesting because as a black and brown person growing up i was always like hmm i wonder why these people don't look like me but whatever you know in the little kid bibles i was like whatever i didn't know that mary had blonde blonde hair and blue eyes but whatever you know and you just kind of accept it because whatever um and so it's it it is interesting and i think it's a part of all of us to erase narratives that have existed for our for our entire lives and like you were saying that doesn't mean that doesn't mean if you're sitting in a car and your parents say hey make sure you lock the door if anyone comes up to the door lock the door right right? Right. um and it's important for us to say you know if anyone comes up to the door lock the door period because strangers are strangers um and not to perpetuate the idea that a black man jogging down the street in your neighborhood where there's tons of white people that he's a danger to your family where a white man walking might not be Mm -hmm. um and so yeah so there's there's this interesting there are these biases that exist within all of us that i think need to be confronted or then you know this thing is just gonna like keep on happening um but i think it's reoccurring yeah it's hard for people to confront those biases because then they're like wait a minute i don't think like that like i'm not actively racist and that's okay you might not be but being passively racist is also harmful and having those ideas and having those ways of functioning even in your church i can't tell you how many times i've been asked if i'm a recent convert or where from africa i'm from or you know and i'm like dude (laughs) what or or how articulate i sound and i'm like come on you guys like or i don't sound like every other black person like you guys be better you know like be better than that um and so yeah so things like that definitely important to have some self-reflection for sure Right. And you know, and if you're having, if you're doing the work, another thing I want to say out there before um, we start doing our wrap up here is like, if you're doing the work and someone comes up to you and says, oh, like a comment on your post, you know, you like I, I mentioned it before, but challenge them, you know, like don't just be like, okay, like don't just like backfire like with the response, you know, like don't, mm-hmm. you know, get all fiery right away. It's good to have that passion for it, right? But be smart with it. I was like, hey, man, well, it sounds like you're kind of jumping to conclusions here. This is not what mm-hmm. I'm saying by this post, you know, like, or something like that, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Because I had to have a couple conversations like that where, like, I posted something advocating for black lives, right? And it's like, oh, it sounds it's like you you just want da 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 I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not jump the gun. <laughs> you're just like, calling for division. Right. Why would you even, why would you even right. say? Like you're like, I was like, oh. okay, look, it's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm, here's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Here's what this post, I, I believe the goal of the post was. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're might, might be having a misunderstanding. And so, like, we discuss, we have, a, and, and then we understand. You know, like, did it work every time? No, it happened maybe of the four times it happened, four or five times it happened, maybe it happened three times it worked, where we mm-hmm. came to conclusion of understanding. The other two, guess what? They just did not care about my response. And whatever. And then mm-hmm. you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. 
can't do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so speaking of Instagram, like where social media, all these conversations are happening. Uh, a few weeks ago, the living person, our co-host Jarrell, made this shareable post of uh, a post that you had on your Instagram, um, and this is what I think got a lot of people from the 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 skepticism side of like whether I should advocate for Black Lives or not as a Catholic to like okay I understand now it helps I can help and not affiliate myself with Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. this post um, that he shared was from your um, one of your posts so I'm gonna share this real quick. Um, you said down in your post, a person can say in all conviction that Black Lives Matter without agreeing 100% with the organization that name the, the name embodies. And you go on to say, if you're uncomfortable with supporting Black Lives Matter, the organization, okay, the statement still rings true. Don't forget that. Keep that same energy. Uh, black lives are sacred and they matter. Also, regarding Black Lives as sacred does not make uh, regarding Black Lives as sacred doesn't make me a liberal. Honoring Black Lives and critiquing our unjust treatment doesn't make me a liberal. Um, creating art in churches that elevates Black women, uh, Black and Brown people in this moment, isn't liberal. Attempting to include Black and Brown saints and in our rotation, uh, in our sanctuaries, religious cla- ed classes, youth groups, etc., doesn't make me a liberal. Liberal and conservative, conservative should not be applied in the realm of theology. Like that mm-hmm. line too, especially is huge for me. Was huge. Um, theolog- theologically, we can be orthodox, he- um, heterodox, or heretical. So it is anything but orthodox to regard human the human life as sacred and representative as such no is it is it no it's not um this is a liberal media manipulation y'all it's orthodox as it gets right our lives are sacred from womb to tomb start coming at this from the perspective and it's not hard it's not liberal it's not something we haven't been doing as a church we are sacred fight for that and keep that same energy and I think that was just so huge. Like, you know, I shared this and I just like was um, I, I guess I had not seen. This is kind of how I re re like re got acquainted. Like, oh, my gosh, that's Chanel Shaw. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we went to school together. That's so mm. cool. And so like then I started sharing that and I was like, wow. Um, and then seeing all how what you've been posting and all the stuff that you have been doing. I think it's great. And I'm, I'm so thankful for it. So um, if you are on social media and are on Instagram, make sure you go follow Chanel Shaw, okay, or Chanel underscore K. Um, what is, I mean, for, for those who are following you, what is your goal when you're on Instagram, when you're posting and mm. stuff like that? I mean, like, there's days where you're posting TikToks, and it's, like, super funny, <laughs> and there's days where you're posting songs, or days you're posting posts about Black Lives. So what is your goal, overall goal on there? Mm, I think... I mean, you know, it's interesting because I really, and excuse me if all of a sudden I just got real dark, the sun went behind the building. So I'm like, I'm like very dark all of a sudden (laughs) in this, uh, in this YouTube video. But anyway, um, I think my goal, and it's interesting because I didn't, I'm not, I didn't intend to be any kind of like speak or like any kind of, uh, someone that someone would like look to for any kind of knowledge for anything um i just was kind of free sharing my thoughts um and i think my goal just moving forward is just to be i would like to be as transparent as possible about where i think 
we can improve as a church Mm. um, because I love the church and I love being a part of it. Mm. Um, And so I think that there is not enough compassionate critique happening Mm. of where the church can improve. So Mm. a lot of my posts if they in are in regards to how the church is approaching black lives or how we as people can approach black lives or how mm-hmm. my white brothers and sisters can do better. It's all from a place of, I'd like to come from a place of compassion, but um, right. like correction, because I think that, right. I think that a lot of people either come from one or the other. So it's either so, compassionate that it's lenient Mm. um and you're not really saying anything or Mm. it's so um correctional that it's um rude (laughs) and people (laughs) you know and people are like yikes you know and people don't want to hear what you're saying because it's like a lot um and so yeah so i think my goal is just to come with people with like compassionate correction and Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. I think right now the conversation just needs to be like a lot of people don't think that black Catholics exist. So I'm out in these streets just like doing it. I love to do that work. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think a lot of people are kind of feeling like black people are in this constant state of rage, which, you know, is kind of true but at the same point i think we're like welcome for conversation so i always like my direct messages to be like a place of conversation if you have a question if you have a thought if you disagree um i don't mind like responding or engaging because i think that dialogue is super important and whatever i can bring you know whatever is best for my mental health and whatever conversation i can have i like to do that so that's pretty much my goal yeah, have that the thing that I think the most important part is just have be willing to have the conversation and be willing yeah. to be wrong, be willing to be corrected. Um and be I mean like you could be right. I mean like there's obviously an opportunity for you to be correct and like you can make correct statements, but don't try to always be it, you know, be flexible. Exactly. So, uh be easy to have a conversation with, be that kind of person, you know. Yes, um, exactly. And lastly, what is your like for those Catholics who are struggling with advocating for black lives and disassociating the organization from that mm-hmm. phrase, what is your mm-hmm. message out to those? Or just anybody who's also dealing with mental health? like um, Kind of struggling. Okay. Yeah. Well, for your mental health, um, remember, there is only one you. You are the first advocate for yourself. So, um, And God created you um, to live a life of fullness um, and goodness, right? To mm-hmm. glorify God. And there are impediments sometimes that stop us from glorifying God to our fullest potential. And Mm -hmm. if that is something that you are struggling with, then it's okay to seek whatever help that you need um, to get you to that place of being able to glorify God fully. So, Mm -hmm. you know, do that. Take care of yourself because you matter. Um, And I think, you know, if you need to look at yourself in the mirror every morning and be like, I'm important, then Mm -hmm. that's what you need to do because... It's really hard out here. Um, right. Leave a sticky, I think in, like a thing that my friend did before. Just leave sticky mm-hmm. notes around like random places they would you would see. It. Yes, like, you are important. Like you matter. You matter. Like that something yes. that my friend did and was super helpful for them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, and so, and then in terms of Black Lives, I think the best way 
that I can put it is one of my friends on social media. Her name's Gloria Purvis. So P-U-R-V-I-S. You should Mm -hmm. definitely check her out. Um, She is awesome. She had this quote um, that I kind of built on um, when I saw it. But basically she said, so racism is a sin, right? Um, Right. God created each one of us with um, dignity and respect. So racism asserts that only some of us deserve dignity and respect. So racism is calling God a liar. So if that is not something that you're, if you're into calling God a liar, then Godspeed. Um, (laughs) But I think if you can look at racism for what it is, it's a sin that calls God a liar, then there should be no organization, there should be no phrase, there should be no slogan that impedes you from fighting that sin and beating it back to hell. Mm. Because it's a sin and mm. it's, you know, um, an offense to our Lord and that should be enough. Mm. Um, and regardless of whatever slogan, whatever political party that phrase might be associated with for you, um, I think reminding yourself that it's a sin and that it is calling God a liar should be enough. So that's what I would say. And just kind of like keep up that same energy as if you would any other sin and we're talking about anything else. Right. Whew. Golly, that was good. So, that was great. So, she's yeah. dope. So That's awesome. And then um, so shout out so shout out a few of the Instagram accounts that you think people should follow. That's probably one of them. Can you say her name again? Yes. So okay, let me move my camera. This is a little brighter. Here we go. So um, so Gloria Purvis is one that I would follow. She's awesome. Um, Ike and Dolo would definitely mm-hmm. follow. He also is sharing some goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, the Human Condition is what I would follow if you want some mental health resources. Um, and who else am I following right now that's really giving me life? Um, also, Vanessa Goldberg um, is another person that I would follow. Really great. So a couple people that are just sharing some real goodness on these right. streets. So Awesome. So, I mean, if you're on social media, I always tell them, I always tell people, like, if you're only going to be on social media, at least cater who you're watching, who you're paying attention to. Exactly. Because that's what's going to bring you life because that's your on all the time. Exactly. Um, if you have a slight addiction like I do, like you're gonna, you're gonna be on it, and at least if you're gonna be on it, bring it, like have things that are actually gonna be beneficial and motivate you and and make help you good do do good things, you know. Agreed. So great. Um, that's it. I think that's all. If you want right. to continue the conversation, go follow Chanel um, at Chanel C H E N E L E underscore K. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And yeah. then you can follow me at It's Only Adrian um, and follow the podcast at um, Living Ardently. Um, if you want to, again, hit up on us in a DM. Again, we're both open for a discussion. Chanel definitely um, will respond to you. It might take me a few three a few days to get back <laughs> to you on DM, but, you know, I, I will. Um, yeah, but let's have this conversation, guys. Let's not stop. Let's not stop. Yeah. Um, if you want to make sure, make sure you're following us on a podcast and YouTube, uh, you're subscribed to wherever you're listening to this on, um, because we'll have more episodes, um, in the future with awesome guests like Chanel, um, where we're talking about different things of things that they're passionate about. And it's really great. So if you haven't, if you're new to the podcast, thank you. Welcome. Um, go listen to our old past events. We have done an episode with Ike and Dolo who also shouted you out, which is pretty cool. Woo! 
Nope, I'm oh. a celebrity. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so go check those out. It's been a really great time. If you're new, welcome in. And if um if you don't know, we have a YouTube uh, a YouTube account. So go uh, watch the video portion of this that will be posted a few days after the this audio version comes out on Monday. Um, but yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate your love and support. Um, do all the good stuff. Make sure you follow Chanel, follow us. And until next week, keep living ardently. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Peace, guys. Bye. Sorry I turned into this.